Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture this morning is from a little book towards the, the back called Philemon. Philemon. And we're just going to read a portion of the scripture here, Philemon 17 to 20. Philemon 17 to 20. This is a letter by Paul to this guy, Philemon. Picking up in verse 17. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he was wrong, if, but if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. This is the word of our Lord today. A few weeks when I was here, we looked at the greatest commandment, if you remember. And we said that Christ said that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. But the second is just like it, to love others as you love yourself. So love God, love others, love yourself. And if you're doing that, things will just kind of work out. Sure, you might get fired from the same company twice, but things are going to work out. That's the way it goes. It's not always going to be roses and, and birthday cakes. You know? It's not always going to be a good time. But it's always a great time when you're in fellowship with God. But if you are doing that, if you are loving God, if you are loving others, if you're loving yourself, then today's message, which is about forgiveness, is something that you'll probably need. Now you can read the letter of Paul to Philemon, and in the traditional scripture, you'll never see the word forgiveness mentioned. You may see it in some new contemporary ones, some more uh, modern English translations, maybe some paraphrases, but you won't really see that word in the original uh, Greek language or in the more traditional uh, King James version of the Bible. See, we need to seek God's forgiveness through Christ. We need to forgive others, and we need to forgive ourselves. So we love God, we love others, we love ourselves. And forgiveness is part of that. And that's really what this, this letter is kind of about. Paul's writing to Philemon. He was a very predominant member of the Colossian church. The church met in his house. So he was probably a wealthy person. This letter was written to him. But the letter was also be written to his, his family members and the church that met there. And as I said, Paul writes about forgiveness even though he never once mentions that word. So here's the story. We don't know all the details but we can piece some things together. 
First, we know that Philemon received Christ through Paul's ministry. We know that Philemon was wealthy enough to have the church meet in his house, meaning it was probably a larger house than most. Not necessarily, but that's what leads us to believe that he was maybe wealthy. We also know that he at least had one slave named Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was apparently not a believer because he stole something from Philemon. Maybe he stole multiple things, probably money, maybe some clothes or some other things, whatever, and he ran away. He ran away to hide out in Rome. See, during this time, in the Roman Empire, there were many slaves. And some of the estimates claim that maybe about a third of the population were slaves. And the slaves in Rome, or in the Roman Empire, were, were very well accepted as a part of daily life. In fact, there were so many slaves around that you really didn't know who were the slaves because they all blended in. Slaves could be doctors, musicians, teachers, artists, accountants, pretty much anything they wanted to be, pretty much anything they could do, pretty much anything they were good at. Slaves were not considered people. They were tools of their masters. They could be bought, they could be sold or whatever. The masters had control of them. The masters had the power over their slaves. And no doubt there were some horrendous abuses that took place. No doubt about it. However, the Romans were, were reasonably intelligent people and they began to realize that, hey, a contented slave works harder. They're more productive. So many of the masters treated their slaves decently. Whenever they were accused of a, a crime, the slaves were given a right to trial in many cases. And in some ways, maybe being a slave to the right person may actually be better than living as a free man in abject poverty. And I know that's tough for us to say and tough for us to comprehend today. But those were the facts of the time. But back to our story of, of Onesimus, Philemon's slave. He fled to Rome to blend in with the population, to blend in with the other slaves, just to be a person. But when he was in Rome, somehow, somehow, he ran into Paul. And he received Jesus Christ into his life. Paul grew to love Onesimus. Paul wanted to keep him there to use for his ministry. But he knew he couldn't do that. He knew what the right thing to do was. He knew that, that this slave belonged to a master, belonged to Philemon. This was Philemon's property. Paul had no right to it. So Paul knew what he had to do. James, 14, uh, James uh, chapter 4, verse 17 says, Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. 
That's a tough portion of Scripture right there. You want to define sin? You ask someone to define sin, and they say, oh, that's sleeping with another man's wife. That's stealing. That's killing. Oh, yeah, you're right. But right here, James tells us, to know to do the right thing and not do it is sin. That's tough. Paul knew that. Paul agreed with that. This is Scripture. Paul knew that. He wanted to keep Onesimus so bad because he was such a, such a faithful follower of Christ. And he was going to be so useful to ministry, but he knew the right thing to do was to send the property back to Philemon. So he did it. Onesimus broke into law. He defrauded his master. He stole from him. He ran away. Paul knew those issues needed to be dealt with. So he sent Onesimus back to Philemon with this letter. Now just as, a, as a, kind of a side note about slavery here, if you read the New Testament, it never attacks slavery. It recognizes it as a fact of life. Christianity does, however, undermine the evils that can occur with slavery. And it does that by changing the hearts of both the slave and the master. Had Paul or any of the other New Testament writers attacked slavery, it would have diluted the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. The idea of repentance, the idea of a changed heart would be hopelessly lost and confused with a message of social reform, a social agenda. And unfortunately, that's what many people do today. We try to change things socially in the name of Christ. Christianity is not about social reform. Social reform probably should happen from more and more people coming to Christ. But it's not about that. It's about repentance and it's about a changed heart through Christ. That's what Christianity is about. So when Paul's writing this letter to his friend, his brother in Christ Philemon to accept his slave back and treat him as a brother of Christ. Paul starts by appealing to that strong sense of faith that Philemon has, that strong love of faith. Paul knows that Philemon loves God, he loves others, and he loves himself. So if that's true, then here's your slave back. Yeah, he did wrong, yeah, he screwed up, he realized it, but he's come to Christ, he's repented of his sins. Please, accept him back. Forgive him. Not just as your slave, but as your brother in Christ. Paul adds in there, you know, I'm, I'm an authority figure over you as the head of the church. I can simply command you to take him back, and that's that. But I don't need to do that, because I know that you too are a faithful believer. You're a faithful follower of Christ, and you'll do the right thing. I realize he stole some money from you. I realize he might have taken some other stuff. Whatever he did, send me the bill. I'll, I, Paul, will pay for it. I said, oh yeah, and by the way, you do realize that I'm the one that brought you to Christ. And, and you know, you can't put a value on that, right? Paul kind of throws that jab in there as well. That's a debt that none of us can repay. The person that brings us to Christ, that person has a special place in our lives. And no doubt, that was the relationship between Philemon and Paul. Paul brought Philemon to Christ. 
We can't repay that. The only thing we can do is to pass that on. Someone brought us to Christ, whether it was a friend or a family member. We too can bring others to Christ. That's all we can do. How this story ends between Paul and Philemon and Onesimus, I don't know. It's not recorded in Scripture. I like to believe personally that Onesimus returned with this letter in hand and Philemon welcomed him with open arms. Not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. Someone who received the full forgiveness of their sins. Today we live in a world where people are so focused on themselves. We're not concerned with others. We're not concerned with forgiveness. And for a Christian, being unwilling to forgive is unthinkable. We're to forgive others as God has forgiven us. And when we don't forgive others, there's a price to pay. We suffer consequences. It keeps that pain alive inside of us. It keeps that hurt going on. It robs us of the joy of our salvation. The joy of living. From our psalm reading from the psalm this morning, David was a guilty, guilty man. He had a very guilty conscience about what he did to Bathsheba and Bathsheba's husband. It robbed the joy of his salvation. He could no longer just praise God, thank you for being alive, God. Thank you for, for giving me this life. His guilt ate him. And, and he had to come to God and ask God for that forgiveness. Restore my joy, he says. Rejo- restore the joy of my salvation. That's what happens when our guilt eats away at us. We don't forgive someone. We continue to consume, to, to steam in, in bitterness. And the longer that you dwell on it, the longer the, that you have that pain, the more bitter you become. Bitterness is sin. And it can infect your entire body. Your speech becomes negative. You have a bad attitude. Your thoughts are turned toward revenge. And you shut out any type of kindness or love. Not only towards that person, but it spills over into other people in your life as well. It happens. Think of just little minor infractions that set you off. And it happens to all of us. And then you take it out on someone else. It happens. Whether it's your kids. They, yeah, they might have done something to agitate you maybe. But you really come down hard because you had a bad day at work. Or you just, uh, for all of us that live here in, in the Penns Manor area, you just got your tax bill probably the other day. And you just opened that mail up and you were mad because you look at the checkbook and you say, yeah. And then someone comes, Mom, I'm hungry. Find something in the cover. It happens. And that's what happens as you, as you steam in bitterness. It, it just eats up and it spills over into every part of your life and it consumes you. 
And when that happens, the door is open for Satan. The door is open for evil to get into the situation. Once that happens, look out. Our fellowship with other Christians and even with God will be hindered. That's what David was saying. He was so distraught with the guilt that, that, that he had, had done with the adultery with Bathsheba and killing Bathsheba's husband. It consumed him. And I think in verse 8 there, I don't have it in front of me, but I think in verse 8 it says something to the effect of, my bones are broken. God broke his bones. Whether David was speaking physically that, that he was physically ill, that, that something happened to him, I don't know. But it's certainly possible. But thank God that forgiveness restores the believer to the place of maximum blessing from God. It restores that purity. It restores that joy of fellowship with God. It restores the joy of fellowship with others. And you know, sometimes you've got to forgive yourself for doing something stupid. It can restore your own joy of living as well. Forgiveness is an important theme throughout Scripture. But we see it here in action, in the lives of this slave and this master. What a wonderful lesson for us to learn. Maybe it's a lesson that you need to implement in your life. Why not today? Is there someone that you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive yourself for something? Do you need to come to God and ask for forgiveness? Do you still hold a grudge? And I say today, let the pain go. Bring back the joy of living. Bring back the joy of your salvation. Forgive whoever needs to be forgiven as God in Christ has forgiven you. Let's close with a prayer here this morning. Lord, we thank You for this lesson in Your Word today. We thank You for the forgiveness that You have given to us. Help us to forgive others so that the pain will be healed and our bitterness replaced with love, with joy, and with the peace of knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's asked, In his name, amen.